0: The ChrisCast is recorded live in front of no audience. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Chris Cast. I'm your host, Chris. Joining me once again by Facebook Messenger is Paul. Say hello, Paul. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah. I'm, I've got a lot of not so fun news this week, so we're gonna start out with something good. It's a recipe that I found on Facebook and I can't remember what the the group that it was posted to, because it's showing the person who posted it, not the group it's posted to on this, when I pulled up the picture. And it says, I stumbled across the post saying they make pancakes out of muffin mixes and their kids love them because there are so many flavors. Success. One packet mixed with two-thirds cups of milk and one egg will roughly... We'll make roughly seven good-sized pancakes. So simple, enjoy. So I I got me a couple bags of mix tonight to see how it comes out.
1: You're just now doing this? I've been doing this for years.
0: I've never seen anything about it before. Really? Really. Gosh,
1: I've been using... I've been doing the blueberry pancake mix, uh, like, uh, just the white lily, and...
0: Not pancake mix, muffin mix. I know.
1: I used the white lily muffin mix as a pancake mix. I've been doing that for years.
0: Uh, I've never heard of it before. So
1: I can't believe. Wow.
0: I'm gonna give it a try.
1: I like the strawberry cheesecake ones. I like the strawberry. I've been doing the blueberry.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I got the blueberry like a... and the chocolate chocolate chip.
1: So, like I said, I've been doing that for years. That's not, nothing new for me.
0: But the picture shows banana, nut, chocolate chip, blueberry, wild berry, right. chocolate, chocolate chip, and apple cinnamon. I'm going to tell you how to cook them. you got to cook them over
1: low-medium. Don't cook them on, like, regular for pancakes. Don't do that. You've got to lower the temperature. Because you will actually caramelize the little chips of the stuff inside of it. It'll burn them fast.
0: So you got to turn the heat down. Like I said, I've never done it before. I'm going to see how they come out.
1: Well, like I said, turn the heat down lower when you're doing it. Because you'll scorch those little morsels in there. And that tastes, when you do that, it tastes nasty.
0: But for all you coffee drinkers, because you know coffee is the stuff of the devil, there's a new creamer. Oh. Did, did you see the new flavored creamer? Uh, gingerbread? No. This is brand new. Never been done before. Well, I saw the gingerbread
1: this past week, and that's the first time i seen it, yeah,
0: but what's that? Coffee Mate is going to introduce Golden Graham's Coffee Creamer.
1: Ooh, that sounds good. Now, I have, I have a, I have tried the Cinnamon Toast Crunch one,
0: and it's good, too. It's a terrible thing to do to one of the best cereals ever made. What, Cinnamon Toast Crunch? No, Golden Graham's Coffee Creamer. Because coffee is the stuff of the devil.
1: Oh, please,
0: whatever.
1: It's true. I Can love I, coffee. I drink it twice a day. In fact,
0: I drink a before I go, In fact,
1: I drink a cup before I even come on air
0: tonight. Well, the... The Golden Grams Coffee Mate Creamer will be in January of 2022, and retail at three dollars and ninety-nine
1: cents. Seems like they try to bring it out before Christmas, because that can always be almost Christmassy. Because you know, like I said, uh, Grant, you know, um, oh God, gingerbread, kinda
0: mm. interesting but like I said, I won't be partaking. And still kind of food related, but did you see that McDonald's and IBM are partnering?
1: McDonald's and IBM.
0: Yep. For what? This is from nbc.com. McDonald's enters strategic partnership with IBM to automate drive-through lanes. McDonald's has entered a strategic partnership with IBM to help the fast-food chain automate its drive-through lanes. As part of the deal, IBM will acquire McD Tech Labs, which was formerly known as Apprente before McDonald's bought the tech company in 2019. Financial terms of the deal were not disclosed. So, automate
1: it as in take. People out of the equation about seems, ordering it, the, I, don't, I don't understand
0: that. Seems that way.
1: Yeah. So, so, so you're going to be kind of like going up to the drive-through speaker and it's going to be like a Siri-type voice as you order.
0: I'm trying to see what it says on here because it just it shows a picture of them at the drive-through, but I'm trying to see if it says. The apprentice technology uses AI to understand drive through orders. This summer, McDonald's tested the, the tech at a handful of Chicago restaurants. I
1: can imagine now. Hello. Welcome to McDonald's. What would you like to order today? Um. Uh, oh no, Siri. Can I get a double cheeseburger and a McChicken sandwich? So... I'm sorry, I do not interpret redneck. Could you please repeat that in English, please?
0: Again, <laughs> again, the views of Paul do not necessarily reflect those of the Chris Cat.
1: Could you imagine that going on in Lincolnton or someplace like that going, Would well, you own a chicken sandwich? Um, there's no way that their Siri type whatever
0: it is through IBM could never understand that. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's it's going to be artificial intelligence. It says in my mind, the IBM in my mind, IBM is the ideal partner for McDonald's given their expertise in building AI-powered customer care so- solutions and voice recognition. That's from the McDonald's CEO. So we'll see. Well, but- see it now. That was the IBM computer was the one that went up against
1: um, that guy that played for, what you call it? Watson. Watson went up against um, that guy on uh, Wheel of fort not Wheel of Fortune, but uh, um, Jeopardy. Uh, Jin- uh, Jinx, Jenkins. What was his name?
0: Ken Jennings.
1: Ken Jennings, yes. So it's going to be Watson that's going to be taking your order then.
0: We'll see. I have no clue. But, moving on, you know, I gotta I gotta preface this with, I'm a vegetarian. The reason I became vegetarian was, way back in the day, I read an article about the guy who was running PETA at the time, and reading that article started making me think, why am I for animal rights, but yet I'm eating animals and wearing animals? So, because of that, I stopped. But then I found out how crazy PETA is, and... Never would really got behind them because they are so crazy. And they've come up with a new thing to be crazy about. Have you seen this? I don't recall saying anything about PETA. PETA wants the Major League Baseball to stop calling it the bullpen. This is from NJ.com. Oh, I think part
1: of my brain just
0: died listening to that sentence. But this is from nj.com. Prior to Game 3 of the 2021 World Series, the animal rights group, uh, rights activist group, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals has pitched Major League Baseball <coughs> to change the name of bullpen to arm barn. Peter oh, said what? arm barn. Arm barn. Yep. PETA said in a press oh God, release that the commonly used baseball enclosure to keep relief pitchers at bay until their time on the mound should be renamed the Arm Barn. Strike out the word bullpen, which references the holding area where terrified bulls are kept before slaughter in favor of a more modern, animal-friendly term. I
1: don't think they think too much. They're about stupid. They need to stay in their lane.
0: Well... The reason I stopped supporting them real quickly was cuz I found out they were the group that would go and throw people or paint on people that were wearing furs. Yeah, and that's stupid. That's very dangerous. Like it could get in their eyes, it could get in their mouth, it could get up their nose. They could be allergic to something in the paint. You know, any number of things could have happened from throwing paint on people because they were wearing fur. So, PETA's pretty much a terrorist organization when you look at them. But they are absolutely crazy. I can't can't roll my eyes
1: hard enough at them. It makes me want to go to their Twitter wall and just hate them. That's what it makes me want to do. That's so stupid.
0: Well, that's because you're a hater, Paul.
1: Well, honey, have you looked in the mirror? Well,
0: I'll be hating a lot of Mariah Carey here soon. But that's every day, though, so there you go.
1: I'm like, that hasn't changed. I mean, you do that every day of your life. You don't even like her
0: never have. Never will.
1: I do. I love Miss Mariah. She's on fire. Some, some
0: caterwauling screeching. I love her caterwauling. That she can't even do the high notes when she performs lives. It's always somebody else singing it or she's lip syncing. But anyway, there was a story out today about the Florida Teacher of the Year. Did you see it? Uh, no, but I'm afraid I'm be embarrassed for Florida. Oh, I'm just glad that Florida's taking the embarrassment away from North Carolina for a while. Because, you know, with DeSantis giving all the idiots about the COVID vaccine and and now this story, Florida's a real embarrassment to themselves. But this is from Insider on Yahoo. A Florida Teacher of the Year was charged with child abuse after being accused of hitting a student Days after receiving the award. Well, here we go. It says a student called the teacher out for alleged use of the N word in classes, according to the police report. The teacher assaulted the student and was arrested on charges of felony child abuse, according to authorities. Says A Florida high school English teacher was arrested and charged with hitting a student in the face two days after the teacher received a Teacher of the Year award, according to a police report obtained by Insider. The conflict began when Carolyn Melanie Lee, 60, received the award from Duval County Public Schools last Wednesday, and the school district posted the achievement to its Instagram page, the responding officer wrote in the report. According to the Duval School's police report, an unnamed student commented on the recognition post and criticized Lee, accusing her of using the N-word in her classroom. The teacher later admitted to authorities that she did use the slur while reading from the novel of Mice and Men in class, the report said. Though the student in question was not in any of Lee's classes this year, the teacher requested to speak with the student in person to discuss the Instagram comment. According to the police report, the student told authorities that once inside Lee's classroom, the teacher reached across the table and hit her several times, causing her nose to bleed. Surveillance footage from the day of the incident reportedly shows Lee, quote, walking at an aggressive pace to her classroom with the student, as well as the student leaving the room minutes later, holding her face and walking with a, quote, low demeanor to report the altercation to a guidance counselor. What a wonderful teacher of the year, huh? Well,
1: the book is Of Mice and Men. I've seen the play as well. It does have that word in
0: it. And that's not the dispute. The dispute is she hit a student. Oh, I know that. Slapped the student in her face. I
1: wonder why why escalated to that. It never did did really say what
0: escalated. From the details that were given, she was already aggressive going to the classroom because of the pace she was walking at there had to be a
1: reason why I mean
0: well I'm sure she didn't like the confrontation and was embarrassed by it
1: there's gotta be more to it I mean I'm sorry but it's gonna take me a lot to slap somebody over somebody calling me out for saying the n-word I mean come on now there has to be something else said something else done
0: trust me working with mental patients you learn that you have to control everything As a teacher, she has to control control everything. But as a teacher, she has to control everything. And she had no control. There are no excuses for her. None whatsoever. I'm
1: not making up any. I'm just saying there's got to be more to the story than what they're telling.
0: Uh, Regardless of what more is to the story, she did wrong. (coughs) There's no excusing it.
1: So, I'm, I'm just saying if that kid would have been up in my face, like, saying something to me and, um, like, you know, talking smack to me, mm, I don't know about that. Nobody's going to get in my face. But, we, like I said, we really don't know the full story.
0: No, we know enough of it. The teacher slapped the student.
1: They might have deserved it.
0: Doesn't matter. The teacher slapped the student.
1: Just like I'm getting ready to do to Chris. Paul as, slapped Chris.
0: As a teacher... <laughs> You cannot strike the student. Plain and simple. I mean, let's let's equate this to the real world. Because there's a trial that just started. Kyle Rittenhouse, we've talked about it, crossed state lines with a gun that he was not legally allowed to possess, shot and killed two people, wasn't it? And now. and of, shot another one but they, they didn't die. Of course the the news was you cannot call the people he shot victims in court, but you can call them looters or rioters or whatever. And you know, Kyle the, Rittenhouse you know, the trial was wrong.
1: started today. Yeah. You know the trial started today. And you already
0: know, you already heard what they're pleading? No. Self defense. Well, you knew that was coming. But the He's
1: gonna get off scot free, mark my words.
0: It the question is did they get an unbiased jury? Because we know the judge is biased. Absolutely cannot dispute that when the judge will not allow those shot by Kyle Rittenhouse to be called victims. And that is already swaying the the trial into the favor of Kyle Rittenhouse. It is a biased trial. So, regardless of what happens, they need to retry it if Kyle Rittenhouse gets off scot-free because they need a judge that's not biased for him and will not side with him just because of who he was siding with. But the point what I was making is the teacher struck the student shouldn't have. Kyle Rittenhouse. Never should have been there. Absolutely should not have had the gun. If he hadn't, those two people would still be alive. I agree. So, that's where I'm putting it. It doesn't matter what led up to it. He still killed them. The teacher still slapped the student. Okay. Plain and simple. But since we're on the subject of of biasness and hate in this country, the nine one one transcripts came out this week for the quote Trump train attacking the Biden bus. Did you see this news? No, I did not. I, I, I missed this one. This is from Waco Temple Bryan KWTX TV. Nine eleven transcripts filed an updated Trump train lawsuit reveal San Marcos police refused to send escort to Biden bus. Really? It is their job to protect citizens. And we've seen the video where the Trump people were trying to run the bus off the road. Flat out trying to run the bus off the road. You can make excuses for it all you want. You cannot change the fact they tried to run the bus off the road. And there are reports that the officers laughed about it. And refused to send help. That's just... wrong. The article reads, The transcribed recordings were filed in an attempt to show that San Marcos law enforcement leaders chose not to provide the bus with a police escort multiple times, even though police departments in other nearby cities did. In one transcribed recording, Matthew Danzer, I'm guessing, D-A-E-N-Z-E-R, a San Marcos police corporal on duty the day of the incident, refused to provide an escort when recommended by another jurisdiction. No, we're not going to do it, he told a 911 dispatcher, according to the amended filing. We will, quote, close patrol that, but we are not going to escort a bus. The amended filing also states that in those audio recordings, law enforcement officers, quote, privately laughed and, quote, joked about the victims and their distress. This is what Trump has caused in this country. Oh, yeah. This is why I keep speaking out against him. Trump. So, you, total disregard. And people keep saying that Trump's Trump. living rent free in my head because I say stuff on on social media about him all the time because he's a horrible person. Flat out horrible who said, person. Who
1: says that he lives Trump, I mean, rent free in your head?
0: Who's talking uh, about The idiot Trumpsters that reply. I've had many of them Tw- say that, because they can't come up Twitter. with an original idea, so they copy what everybody else is saying. So they, on what social media that they reply to? Your uh, Facebook, Twitter, the only two that I use. Okay,
1: you really need to stop, I've told you this many, many, many times, you really need to stop doing all this confrontations on social
0: media. I'm not doing confrontation. People come you- at me.
1: You are chiming in on these posts with
0: with you. And not, I Chris. Mind, don't say a word, Chris. I'm, I Chris. mind my Chris. business. I make my comment, which is nothing. Then you're inviting all this, and then you're they come it. and comment, all the and then, because they're triggered and can't stand so, it, you trigger them. They're triggered. I don't trigger them. You trigger them. They're triggered by a stranger on social media. Plain and simple. I
1: have told you time and time again, you need to stop this.
0: I'm not doing anything confrontational, but I have been. Anybody who posts "Let's go, Brandon," I have been reporting that every single time I see it.
1: I don't even. I, I don't even know. Do you know how many posts I see that I don't like and I don't chime in? every day on Twitter every day on Facebook every day on Instagram every day on every social media platform that I'm on I choose not to chime in because I do not want to be a part of it
0: I chime in on I things easily, that I see something
1: I, I mean I could easily throw some facts at them and make them feel stupid yeah I can I know all about that stuff I do know but I'm not going to. I'm, it's not worth my energy. I'm not gonna do it because they're they're brainwashed and they're gonna come right back at me and then it's like it's gonna be never ending. So I just I just stop I just don't even chime in anymore. I
0: don't even Whoa. waste my waste my calories with my thumbs typing anything out. When I get done with them the best thing I found to do you know what, you need to have the last word so you feel like you're important, go ahead, have the last word. They either shut up Or they make one more comment, and then I have no reason to comment back. Ends it every time.
1: Do yourself a favor. Go one week without chiming in on
0: anything. Well, trust me, I did, because I got banned, remember?
1: Well, what have we learned?
0: Nothing. (laughs) That Facebook is biased. Because I've had to resubmit... The complaints on a couple died. of them for them to take the post down. Um, did but, you also
1: um, mention about Facebook. Did you
0: see what Facebook did today? What'd they do now? They're ending their facial recognition. Oh software. yeah, I saw that. I don't care about that. We all should care about that.
1: They're getting rid of all the information about everything. About billions of people about storing their information like that. I think that's cool.
0: That's a good step forward. Uh, Because that's your private information. I'm I'm about to be done with Facebook anyways because they keep becoming more and more pro-Trump. And less and less about what's right. Because, like, I don't know if we talked about it last week, but I shared a post that said, look at the gas prices that the president didn't do anything about. And, or the president wasn't responsible for when it was George W. Bush in office. And then, look at what our president caused the gas prices to be. And they flagged it, saying that it's misleading because the president doesn't make gas prices. I'm like, that's the whole point of the meme. It tells you that it's not the president making the gas prices, but idiots will use it because either the president doesn't make the gas prices when it's the guy they like, or the President does make the gas prices when it's the guy they don't like. If I see one more thing about thanks Biden
1: for the gas, I swear to God, I'll lose my mind. I saw one of my friends who's, you know, she's on the Trump train. I know she is. And I've never faulted faulted her for anything. I've never chimed in on anything she's ever posted. I've always seen her like pro-Trump posts, and you know, I don't say anything to her because I literally went to high school with this girl and I really really respect her because she's a really sweet girl and she's a really sweet friend of mine. So we just kinda don't discuss politics with each other. So I saw her post, she said something to the effect of I miss a dollar eighty seven cents gas and I can deal with the meme tweets as long as we get back to that dollar eighty seven gas. That's all I care about. She said she could deal with the mean tweets.
0: Then remind her, supply and demand, supply is down and demand is up. As opposed to last year when supply was up and demand was down. Yeah. That's the difference. Truck drivers, blah, blah, blah. And that was something else because somebody commented that to me today. And I said, "Well, if it's supply and demand, why was it so much different in 2018?" I was like, uh, "Because it's supply and demand. Supply is up, demand is down, prices go down. Supply is down, demand is up, prices go up. It's real well, okay, simple." OPEC okay, cut production last year. Yeah, you because
1: they they cut
0: because they were overstocked. Because, yeah, because people don't to go
1: up.
0: And that's another reason why we need to get away from gas. And that's why, I'm all, that's why I'm
1: really doing a lot of research in all electric vehicles.
0: Well, speaking of getting away from gas, Toyota announced their new electric SUV this week. Did you see it? It's
1: their first try at one. I'm still, um, I wouldn't go buy it because
0: it's their first hat and ring about well, it well this is from auto week on yahoo it says toyota bz4x battery electric suv previewed in prototype form ahead of 2022 production start with front wheel drive and all-wheel drive versions to be offered with a 71.4 kilowatt hour gross battery pack Electric SUV will be offered in 200 or 201 and 215 HP versions, range of up to 310 miles in the WLTP cycle, which I don't know what that means. But it did say in the article that <coughs> the 310 is extremely optimistic. They look for it in the U.S. to top out around 250 miles. But... That's going to suck. But by the same token if you're using it to drive around to work, you can charge it in between shifts, and you, does anybody drive a round trip of 250 miles to work, honestly? No, but I'm talking about
1: just, you know, I do a lot of driving. You, you know yeah. I go places. So that would suck for me, but...
0: Well, you would just have to know where things are coming from.
1: Me, I would... Um... I would kind of lay back and let someone else buy that and let them try it, because right now I'm going to be kind of a smart A. Welcome to the welcome to the club, there, Toyota. Everybody else has had their EVs out for a long time,
0: but well, they've they've had, had the to hybrids. For it. Toyota's so I, had the hybrid. I think they were one you know, of the they're first they're with the hybrids. They're part of yeah. You know, the Toyota Prius has been very successful for them, and so you know they're now moving forward. But it was—it's kind of thing if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And where the Prius was doing so well. Is your uh Camry uh, hybrid? Unfortunately, no. It's completely gas.
1: For some reason, I thought it was.
0: No, I, I wish I had an electric car, but for now. Now you—you you would benefit from an
1: electric car. So how long? I mean, just put, from the drive end there and back. Do they have EV charging stations at your work? No.
0: See, I'm campaigning at the Hickory, I'm at a Hickory I'm ever okay, I'm at the Hickory
1: Furniture Mart. It's a destination shopping for the whole world for people to come here to shop for furniture. Literally, people come from all over the world to shop here for furniture. I am campaigning for them to put at least six parking spaces in for E V vehicles because we get a lot of Teslas I mean a ton of Teslas coming to that parking lot we need EV stations and it's like no one will ever listen to me and the closest EV station for for charging is down on the sheets next to the I-40 which is you know several stoplights away so it would just make more sense that they would make them put them there at the building for people that are shopping because like I said we get a ton of Teslas in there every day
0: yeah, the, the only place in our area that I have actually seen electric charging stations are at the Whole Foods in Asheville. That's the oh, only place I have physically seen them.
1: There's some, sta- there's some EV stations in downtown. I've seen them there. Uh, you pull up on... Are you on Duke Power? No. You can pull up on Duke Power and you can type in for... They have all the EV grids for EV cars... You can click on the EV grid, but do it on a computer, don't do it on your phone, and it'll pull up any map where you go to, and it'll give you pinpoint stations where everything is located for any
0: grid there is. Then the other question is... And that comes preloaded,
1: downloaded into your car, and it will tell you how far you are away from an EV charging station.
0: Well, the other question is, how much does it cost to charge them?
1: They're free for right right now. Everything's free. You just plug it in.
0: Because that's going to change eventually, and especially with businesses doing them.
1: Like at downtown Boone, they got a whole section just for EV cars to park there.
0: Believe it or not,
1: even little um, Bowdies, downtown Bowdies has EV parking stations there. Uh, Who knew? But I was looking all around the place where I could charge it at. Downtown Newton, downtown Hickory. Um, ba- basically, any almost any major gas station you go to has EV charging now. So, um, I was actually looking at possibly trading my car in for the Chevy, for the Chevy Bolt. Um,
0: I will not do Chevy. No General Motors product. Well, careful there. I dropped a Buick. D- well, I know that... Our personal history with my family. My parents got a Caprice classic with a diesel engine back in the eighties. Oh caprice, wow. And I remember how bad that car was. I remember how many times that car was in the shop. I that remember was in the eighties though, Chris. Come I, on. I'm getting to the reason why I have a problem with General Motors. Okay, cool. I remember going to the Chevrolet dealer that we traded my dad's Ford Fairlane in for that car for. And I remember the dealer that sold them that car saying, well, I wish I had a magic wand and could see the future and know that it was going to cause you all this trouble. That was in Florida when we lived there. We moved to Hickory in North Carolina with that car went to the Chevrolet dealer in North Carolina, they would not take their car back. Neither the Florida dealer that we got it from nor the dealer in Hickory took it to a Ford place. They took it back first time.
1: What do you mean took it back? What do you
0: mean by that? They let us trade that car in on one of theirs. Oh, Chevrolet saying, okay. would not take just, their own car as a trade-in on their car, but I Ford would. Like
1: return it as in as in a lemon law.
0: No, it was, it was definitely a lemon, but it was you had to have it in the shop for the same thing three times in so much time. It was in the shop for lots of things all the time. Do you want to know, know uh, the, a car that gave me the most problems is? Do you know what kind of car it was? What? A 2002 Honda Civic.
1: I bought that thing brand new in 2002. At 38,000 miles, the transmission went out. No. At 48,000 miles, the transmission went out again. And at that point, when they were putting in that second transmission, it's like it'll be the third transmission got put in the car because it's got the brand new one put in it when it first got put in it. I didn't drive that car hard, and they kept putting transmissions in it to, quote-unquote, keep me quiet, to keep me, and they made me swore to secrecy that I wouldn't say nothing to anybody about it. eating transmissions like crazy. But you look up the 2002 Honda Civic and look up transmission problems, and it is all over the Internet. About them having transmission problems, and that's when I got rid of it. That's when I went and traded it on a Kia. So, and Kia has been really good to me, so no issues at all. But mm-hmm. you'd think the
0: Honda Civic would have been a good car. The best car that I ever had was my Toyota Corolla. Was that the blue one? Yep, the only issue. The only issues that I had, I bought it brand new. It had maybe 70-some miles on it when I bought it. And I ran it for over 200,000 miles. It was still going fine. When I traded it in, they said that the the clutch was about gone, and I had no clue. Oh, you were driving...
1: Did you not ever change the clutch in it? No. Oh, wow. You
0: went that far? Yep. When had it changed the clutch? It was a 2004. I traded it in 2016. Over 2,000 or 200,000 miles, 12 years, and the only issues that I had to take care of, which I didn't take care of, but the paint came off and it started rusting.
1: That would have been a cheap fix. You could have got that painted for like less than $500.
0: Well, I was planning to trade it in anyways. And when I asked the the mechanic that I went to, they said it probably wouldn't be worth it to get it painted. So The best one I've ever had was that Silver Forte, the
1: 2010 one I got. It had 46 miles on it. And it's, right now it's sitting out here. I need to put it in shop to get it back in and running. But I parked it with 299,300 miles on it. Almost $300,000. it has got something wrong with the motor, the oil thing's lighting up on it. So yeah. I don't drive it because of that, but I need to put it and see if I can get it fixed.
0: Yeah. Moving on, though, you, you mentioned Tesla's coming to the mart and Elon Musk is in the news again, and it just makes me hating more.
1: This will be interesting. I'd love to see if it really does do anything
0: but cbsnews.com reports Elon Musk says he will sell Tesla shares to help world hunger if the UN can prove where the money is going if he's that concerned why doesn't he give the money direct to the people he wants it to go to well see the UN said I
1: think something to the effect um, I'm, I'm just, I don't really know the number like 6 billion 6 billion dollars would, would solve the blah 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 the hunger crisis and such and such. And he's like, okay,
0: I'll give you six billion dollars if you can prove that it would solve it. You know, less of a jerk move would be where was the money going to go? Go donate it. Instead of giving an ultimatum trying to make yourself look good, you make yourself look like a jerk while trying to make the UN look bad. He's he's ultra rich, Chris. He doesn't care. Exactly. And he could easily give his money to the people that need it and know where it's going. Yeah, he could. So, like I said, it just makes me hate him more.
1: Speaking of tech news, did you see where um, Apple is no longer the world's um, uh, in other words, it's no longer, you see, Apple is
0: a $2 trillion company, but you know who overtook them? Who? Microsoft, believe it or not, overtook oh. Apple as
1: being the number one company in the world.
0: Well, because Apple is souring on a lot of people.
1: Yeah, Microsoft overtook them by, I think, like two hundred thousand dollars or something like that. But anyway, they overtook them because the Apple uh, the the article read that the um, the lack for the excitement of the iPhone thirteen made their uh, stocks tumble a little
0: bit. I, I have no sympathy for Apple at all. So.
1: So, anyway, just saying they're no longer the number one power company in the world. It is now Microsoft.
0: But, since we've had so much bad news, here's some more. <laughs> this one's from Forbes. Most Americans believe the U.S. has changed for the worse since the 1950s, according to a poll.
1: Well, any t- I mean, I, honestly, I want to chime in here. I think smartphones has just healed us.
0: Well, this is what it says in the article. It's one of the key facts. The poll, conducted from September 16th to September 29th, among 2,508 U.S. adults, found that 52% of Americans believe things have gotten worse since the 1950s, while 47% say they've gotten better. This is in direct contrast with last year when 55% said things had gotten better and 44% had gotten worse. So this year 52 say worse, last year 55 said better, this year 47% say better, last year 44% say worse. So basically the numbers flipped.
1: I just wonder if that's
0: COVID-related. Well, it's that. It's the attitudes of the people. And let's face it, Trump is a major part of the attitude problem in the country. People can say that he is or isn't, but he has empowered the hate that is permeating our society. He uses it. He runs with it. He feeds into it. He knows that it's emotion that's getting him over, not his actual policies.
1: Yeah, he's he has definitely um, shifted the country and part of the world into a different direction. I can I can attest to that. So.
0: Another one of the really rich that kind of make you mad, but at least he's trying here. It's COP26, Jeff Bezos inspired by Space junk to pledge $2 billion to save the planet. Here's the problem with that pledge. Yes, it's fantastic that he is donating, or planning to donate $2 billion to conservation efforts. The problem is, he's still pursuing space travel. We need to get the Earth taken care of before we move into space and destroy something else. And, you know, South Carolina just had a series of earthquakes the past week. We had three active volcanoes at the same time in the world that I don't remember ever happening before. The Earth is trying to tell us something. Oh yeah, major storms that are destroying the co- the countries they go through. I mean, it's, there's a lot to learn from what's happening on the earth, and we need to worry about that before we worry about space travel. And that's why I have a problem with Jeff Bezos. Also, he got criticized for flying to the COP twenty six in his private jet. While talking about conserving,
1: the man can do anything he wants to. He's
0: one of the world's richest people. He can. But the, do anything the point he is, wants. he flew in a private jet to this meeting to talk about conserving.
1: How else would he go?
0: Commercial? Come on. Commercial would be saving on the environment. I don't know. Don't I'm, really I'm not that, saying again. it's the best move for him, but if he truly wants to put his money where his mouth is, fly commercial. But you got to think about that is the jets on
1: those private planes are a lot smaller than on those mega jets,
0: so he probably made like a very fraction of the impact compared to what those jets are. But how many jets were already going there that he could have been on instead of taking his own private one? Um, see, I, I'm see. I'm am all for it. Take your private, do So, it's it's those little things. But are are you ready okay. for some really good news though? L- listen, I'm
1: just dying to talk about this one. Okay. Remember, we were just talking about Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah. There's an article right here on my phone. Kyle Rittenhouse's trial opens with the, his lawyer saying the N word twice in court.
0: Are we surprised? I'm gonna click on this and see what it says. The prosecution gave his defense gave, um, gave opening
1: statements. And let's see. The prosecution said Rittenhouse attacked, acted unreasonably in the shootings of the three men last year. Greenhouse's defense said that the
0: teen wasn't looking for trouble and he was defending himself. Of course he did. If he wasn't looking for trouble, why did he cross state lines why with a gun he, he couldn't legally possess?
1: Yeah. Oh my god, he said the N word twice. Wow.
0: Okay. Well, you know they can be called anything but victims. So That's just that's just
1: I still can't believe lawyers said that.
0: But we need some good news on here, so let's move forward. This is from them dot us, or I guess them dot us. A possible quote: functional cure for HIV will soon begin human trials. A cure. I functional they had a cure. Functional cure. This is what the article says. A biotech company is set to begin human trials on a groundbreaking new HIV treatment that could offer what they believe is a breakthrough cure for the virus. The Food and Drug Administration gave approval to Excision Biotherapeutics to use its innovative HIV treatment in Phase 1-2 human trials, according to a press release from the company. Excision Biotherapeutics specifically utilizes CRI SPR Gene Editing Technology in its research against viruses, the Nobel Prize-winning technology allows for the modification of human DNA and is considered revolutionary for its treatment of many diseases. Excision's HIV treatment known as EBT-101 was developed in partnership with researchers at Temple University in Philadelphia and involves cutting out several pieces of the HIV genome which the company believes will render it incapable of mutating inside the body. Fantastic Sounds like you use that technology for other diseases, too. Well, there you go. If this works, they can start applying it to other diseases and try to see how it works. Because this is a huge step. And hopefully, it will work out. Because I hope so, too. The AIDS pandemic has been forgotten about, but it's still very much alive.
1: I would say it's not a pandemic. I would say it's,
0: it it's is a, a pandemic. Pand- it is, it is, it, is <coughs> it is. officially declared a pandemic. It is a controlled
1: pandemic because they can live re- regular lives throughout the rest of their lives, for the rest of their lives, without spreading it. I well, know that.
0: You can you can say the same thing about the coronavirus that we're under right now. Well, coronavirus do not have a cure. Neither does HIV.
1: I know that, but you have uh, you have medicines that can allow these people who has HIV, which I know several people and you do too, who has it and is taking these medicines, and they can live out the rest of their lives on a normal basis, and they don't have to. And they, if they're undetected, they don't they will not spread it to other people it's like virtually they do not have it
0: but so of
1: course the cure is right there, there but with and, them having it they can still live a normal life
0: and it's only been 40 years
1: yes it took them a long time to figure it out but HIV is a horrible disease yes, yes. but what I was saying is they've had these means and these medicines out for about 20 years now
0: but it's still a pandemic
1: no it's not
0: yeah I've never seen it downgraded from a pandemic.
1: Anyways, it's just... It's not killing thousands of people every day.
0: But the main takeaway is a possible cure. Huge news. Granted, it would have been great to have had it 35, 40 years ago. Of course, if funding had been given back in the beginning of it, we may have been closer to a cure than we are now way long ago but unfortunately it took oh, Magic they, Johnson to get it to start getting people behind they had the,
1: is it, it's been here recently that the uh, that the AIDS quilt made a round here in North Carolina where was it on display at? Uh, I honestly don't know I saw that somewhere on the news, it was probably about two or three years ago in Charlotte I had it on display i'm pretty I'm pretty sure it was Charlotte.
0: yeah well, we got ten minutes, so gotta move through these next few stories pretty quickly um first up, Cal Penn was on a Sunday news show this week came out did not see this one coming, yeah. but he announced that he is engaged to his partner of eleven years, so. Congratulations to them both. And it's nice that he can actually feel comfortable enough with who he is to admit to who he is. About time. Well, he's, he's been quite instrumental in a lot of things. Remember, he worked in the Obama White House. Left acting oh, yeah. to work in the Obama White House. So he's he's not a stupid man, but he's also in an industry where The wrong thing gets known about you. You lose your career. So, and being gay does cost people their careers still. So, again, congratulations that he can actually be who he is. And, moving on from that, HBO Max has announced a new cooking show. And you just know they're going to have to say, You fold in the cheese in it. You You just fold it in. Just fold it in. Because Paul has is no clue what I'm talking with, about. Is this something to do with David? No. This is something to do with Dan Levy. Eugene Levy's son. Okay. See, you don't watch Shit's Creek and you're really missing out because that is one fantastic series.
1: Well, David is his character's name.
0: Yeah. That's why I said David. Well, I do know that. See, I wasn't thinking that. I'm thinking of the actor. But... Yeah. He and his mom on the show were doing a recipe, and the recipe said you fold in the cheese, and neither one of them knew what it meant to fold in the cheese. So he's like, yeah, you, they, just, you just fold it in, just just fold it in."
1: T- on TikTok, they have a, a Shits Creek um, channel. On TikTok, Shits Creek show has one on there, so I do know what that means.
0: Yeah, I love Shits Creek, and you can find it free with ads on a lot of things and I think it still streams on Netflix. It does. So, highly recommend that show to everybody. It is so good and, I mean, come on, Catherine O'Hara, how can you not love her? She was Kevin's mom. He would never have been left alone without her. Yeah. So, but Dan Levy will be hosting a cooking show for HBO Max. And the final bit of casting news this week. This is from People. John Krasinski and Ryan Reynolds teaming up for new fantasy comedy film, Imaginary Friends. John Krasinski will direct and star in the project, which will also feature Fleabag's Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Fiona Shaw. So... If you're not familiar with John Krasinski, of course he was on The Office, but beyond that, he wrote A Quiet Place One and Two. So Damn good Damn good movie, by the way. There is a lot of talent in this film being made. So hopefully it's not one of those where they get so much talent in there that it falls apart. And actually is really good. I'm really looking forward to that one. Imaginary Friends currently in the planning stages. And then two, only one passing that I noticed this week, but there's one, and we want to extend our greatest wishes and hope for a full recovery. I don't know if you saw it. Hacksaw Jim Duggan had emergency surgery after prostate cancer diagnosis. And he pulled through the surgery, and as far as I've seen, he is... Is on, on the mend and recovering well. So we we do want to mention that and hope for the best for him in a full recovery. But finally, there was one death that no, I noticed this week that was of impact to me. I mean, I know there were others, but this one I actually recognize. This one, the article is from Deadline. Linda Carlson, who was on New Heart and she was in Murder One, passed away at the age of 76 due to ALS. Didn't we just talk about someone who's from Newhart? Yeah, Peter Scolari. She was Peter Scolari's boss on Newhart as the station manager. He was the producer of Vermont Today with Dick Loudon, played by Bob Newhart. She was the boss of Michael, played by Peter Scolari, the station manager. But she was in... Quite a f- array of shows and movies. One of the, or two of the notable shows, they mentioned St. Elsewhere that she had been in. She also was in The Pretender, which I don't know if you ever watched The Pretender, but I loved that show. It says she was on WKRP in Cincinnati, Scarecrow and Mrs. King, My Two Dads, uh... She was in the movies Honey, I Blew Up the Kids and The Beverly Hillbillies in 1993. So, a lot of talent and a lot of good stuff that she was in. But Newhart was just... It was its own special comedy show. Easily the best show Bob Newhart was in. And the Bob Newhart show was very good and ran for many seasons as well. But... And I I liked George and Leo a lot, which didn't run very long, but it was Bob Newhart and John Hirsch from Taxi. And I I enjoyed that show quite a bit. So Bob Newhart definitely made a a mark on television through the years, but Newhart, easily the best one that he did. And so our our best wishes and, and thoughts and prayers go out to, of course or Linda Carlson's family, friends, and fans. So if you get the chance, check out some of her work. Because, like I said, she was in a lot of really good stuff along the way. And with that, we are through the first half. We will be back. We'll be reviewing Paul's choice of Children of the Corn, and the film that I made him watch because he's never seen, The Princess Bride. So stay tuned, everybody. Welcome back. First up, let's do the top ten list from Box Office Mojo, as always. First, we'll just mention that Shang-Chi has dropped out of the top ten. After nine weeks, it drops to eight. The nine-week total, two hundred twenty-two million seven hundred fifty-nine thousand forty-four dollars. It will be premiering on Disney Plus on November twelfth, Disney Plus Day. And Paul and I were just discussing we will be reviewing it for the show following that the Disney Plus Day two weeks from tonight. But the top ten, number ten down from nine, The French Dispatch after two weeks, just under four and a half million dollars down from six to nine The Adams Family 2 another three million over the weekend five-week total $52,661,535 number eight down from five Ron's Gone Wrong with three and three-quarter million after two weeks over twelve and a half million dollars premiering in seventh place last night in Soho $4,178,460 premiering in sixth place is Antlers which I can't decide if I want to see that one or not. Four million two hundred seventy-one thousand three hundred forty-six dollars, down from four to five. Venom. Let there be carnage. Five and three quarter million. It's third. It's fifth weekend. One hundred ninety million four hundred forty-two thousand one hundred fourteen dollar total. Debuting at number four. My Hero Academia. World Heroes Mission. Almost six and a half million opening. Yeah. S- what? I, I want to interrupt you for a second. Is Is
1: the um, Venom movie a Marvel movie?
0: Yes and no. It's Marvel characters. It's Sony Studios. Not Marvel Studios.
1: yeah, okay. I was wondering if it's going to
0: be like that Spider-Man thing. Okay. Um, Number... The top three, there's no change. Number three, No Time to Die... Seven and three quarter million in its fourth weekend, one hundred thirty-three million two hundred sixty-three thousand nine hundred twenty-nine dollars. Halloween kills at number two, eight and three quarter million in its third weekend, eighty-five million eight hundred seventy-six thousand nine hundred sixty-five dollars, and its second weekend number one, Dune, almost fifteen and a half million, comes out to sixty-nine million two hundred eighty-four thousand seven hundred eighteen. And I did see a report today that Dune was going to cross $300 million globally, which is pretty significant because it's the biggest film to run day and date on HBO Max and in theaters in this country. So the fact that it's made almost $70 million in two weeks and you can watch it as part of your subscription, it's a definite hit. Number one, two weeks in a row also, when you can watch it with your subscription. And that brings us to the reviews. First up, we'll talk about Paul's... Or did you want to talk about Halloween Kills first? Because I didn't pull that um, up.
1: I do want to just talk about the little news article that I saw um, I didn't get to fit it in on the last segment. Um, if anybody's familiar with Oprah Winfrey's list of favorite things that she comes out with every year for Christmas it's always like a list of maybe 15 to 20 things that she would always feature on her show. Well, there's a North Carolina-based company that has been featured on her um, for her list of favorite things. And it's actually based out of uh, Chapel Hill. And she has made, its North Carolina-based cookies are among Oprah's favorite things. Um, Tanya's Cookies Pecan Crisp Jar, uh, which is filled with Baker-Tanya Council gluten-free treats caught the attention of the media mogul. You won't even know that these are gluten-free. Baker-Tanya Council wanted gluten-free cookies that tasted like her grandmother's pie. The result is a sweet treat that's rich while somehow staying very light, Oprah wrote about the cookies. So here she is on Instagram, tagged with, uh, that's in the magazine for, oprah's favorite things for the oprah magazine and there she is with this jar of cookies holding it up all i've gotten it's 43 dollars for a jar of cookies from her um all i got to say is anytime you make oprah's favorite list, over oprah, oprah's favorite things your business is going to go through the immortal roof that everything a woman touches turns to gold so um kudos for Tanya with her cookies in Chapel Hill. Uh, everybody, go check it out. Tanya's cookies pecan crisp jar. All you got to do is Google that, and you'll be able, you'll be able to find her website. And um, order some. I plan on doing just to just to review it here on the show, just to see how good they are. So I'm going to order me some. Anyway, we are going to be doing a movie review next. Are we going to be doing since we both watched Halloween Kills? I watched it this past weekend, and Chris watched it, um, uh,
0: what, a couple weeks ago when it
1: came out?
0: Yeah, when it opened. So we are going to,
1: we are now going to review Halloween Kills.
0: Um, well, real quick 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb, 39% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 42 on Metacritic.
1: Yeah, Halloween Kills was a very fun movie for me. It, um, It really just basically picked up from Halloween from 2018 and just really picked up right where it left off. Just like true Halloween fashion, that's how these movies go.
0: Well, Uh, the first two and these two.
1: The first two, yeah. So it's just like a continuation of the 2018 film. And I love how they do the makeup in this movie to make jamie lee curtis look like she's old and haggard she does not look like that in real life but my god i tell you what this show this movie was damn good i loved it there was a lot of killing in it and i tell you what it's the most killing i've ever seen in a halloween film and chris said that whenever he was talking about it Was it, was me and you talking about it, or we was on the show
0: talking about it? I can't remember, but I know that they, I think it was on the show last week, they said it is the highest kill count of any Halloween film yet. I'll tell you what, at one time, I
1: thought that, um, I thought they had him, if you know what I mean, right there at the street, during the movie, I thought when he
0: got surrounded, I thought they well, got, don't go giving too much away now.
1: Oh, I'm not. I'm just saying, um, this was, I thought, well, here it is. This is going to be the end of the Halloween films, blah, 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 blah. But I swear to God, this movie is
0: the bomb. It was, mm. I, I loved it. Well, just some of the cast, you had, of course, Jamie Lee Curtis returning as Laurie Strode, her daughter, Karen, played by Judy Greer, Will Patton, which we discussed the Swamp Thing TV series from DC Universe, and now is available to watch with ads on the CW app. He played Sunderland in the Swamp Thing series. Anthony Michael Hall, of course, the Brat Pack movies. He was in the role of Tommy Doyle in this film. So you did have some very recognizable faces in there. Among a lot of unrecognizable faces, at least for me. I'm just surprised.
1: Okay, let's just talk about the fact that Anthony Michael Hall came out of retirement. Because you didn't see him in nothing for like eons beyond the, you know, weird science. Don't, don't. You know, that's what I think of whenever I see Anthony Michael Hall as the movie Weird Science with Kelly LeBrock. And all of a sudden, fast forward, here he is as a. And, a, and a, an adult back in films. I think it's amazing.
0: But, but anyways, yeah, I... Aren't you going
1: to comment on weird science? I mean, that's a dang awesome cult classic. I mean,
0: come on, Chris. I mean, we were talking about Halloween Kills, not weird science, so...
1: I know, but you know we go off on tangents, this is what we do. So,
0: anyways... But yeah, I'd, I enjoyed Halloween Kills, and I've, I've heard people saying they didn't like it. I thought it was a pretty good story. Much stronger than definitely the Buster Rhymes Halloween movie. Because that one was awful. Huh? The, the Halloween movie, I don't remember what, what title it was. It was the one after H2O. And oh, Buster Rhymes was in was it, terrible. where they were in the house, and it that was streaming was just, online. I don't even
1: consider that a Halloween
0: movie. Well, it is. Of course, these two films erase the Halloween movie from H2O, because, as we mentioned, Josh Hartnett was her son in H2O, and she doesn't even mention her son in these, and all of a sudden she's got a daughter. Yeah. So I don't know... What the point was there? Did they think we'd forget? I'm, I'm I i have not seen anything to say why they changed from a daughter to or from a son to a daughter.
1: I don't know. I guess I to, isn't there a Halloween I'm gonna look that up. Is, if there's a Halloween book, I'm gonna get it and read it and see if there's anything that goes into more depth beyond the movie. I
0: don't know. But since we were just talking about this one real quick, I'm going to go ahead and give a rating. Like I said, I enjoyed it. The story was strong. The acting was really good. Of course, being a Halloween film and Michael Myers being the supernatural killer that he's always been portrayed to be, yes, there's a lot of things that take absence of honesty and, and believability. This film has lots of those moments. But I really like the story they pulled off. I thought they did a good job. And I would definitely watch it again. I would suggest watching it. I'm going to give it 3 out of 5. Um,
1: yeah, I, I, I want to just group it right in there with the other Halloween movie from 2018. Or was it 2019? Anyways the latest movie and it just like kind of like just seamlessly goes right into this movie I really enjoyed it it's uh it was you know,
0: 2018 to a of, it was 2018
1: so it just seamlessly goes right into this movie um just like where they left off I I'm gonna I'm, I'm actually gonna give it a little bit higher I'm gonna give it a, a 3.5 on my scale I mean and then I'm not going to talk about how it ends, but anyways, you'll like the way it ends.
0: And Halloween Resurrection was the one with Buzz to Rhymes. It was so freaking terrible.
1: Please tell me it's rated like one of the, like on a one scale on them. 4
0: out of 10 on IMDB, 12% on Rotten Tomatoes, and 19 on Metacritic. Mm. So, But yeah, that, that killed Halloween for me for a while. I wasn't even sure about going back to watch the one with Jamie Lee Curtis. I was glad I did, because I really liked it. But, but yeah, H- Halloween H2O has a 52% on Rotten Tomatoes. The Curse of Michael Myers was 9 The Revenge of Michael Myers was 12 Halloween 4 was 29%. Halloween 3 was 39% somehow. Halloween 2 was 31%. The original Halloween was 96%. Um, The Rob Zombie remake was 28%. Halloween 2 Rob Zombie was 22%. Halloween of 2018 was 79%. And Halloween Kills was 38%. Um,
1: Halloween Kills is available as a paperback So you can actually read the movie. I just might do that. I just might go back and see if I can find the original Halloween movie and read it and then read some of the other ones and see if there's introduction of a son and a daughter and all this.
0: Yeah, because they they never mention it in the movie.
1: I'm going to go ahead and buy this Halloween Kills book and see what it says and I'll read it and I'll tell you.
0: Okay. So, we'll be expecting a full report next week.
1: Dude, it's going to take me a little bit to read the book, okay? (laughs) Chill. (laughs) Give me at least three or four weeks. Come on. Two days.
0: you got nothing else going on. Two days.
1: Okay, yeah, fine, whatever.
0: But moving on, we'll go to Paul's pick. It was Children of the Corn, of course, based on Stephen King's story. IMDb ranks it 5.6 out of 10... Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gives it 36% and Metacritic 45 Paul, you, you were the one who picked it, so let's let you talk about this one.
1: Uh, I watched this movie years ago. Uh, I would say I was probably I don't know. Let's see. This came out in 84. I was probably working on Hardee's back then. So I was probably, what, 17, 18 years old when I first watched this movie. Back then it was spooky to me but right now as an adult I'm like, mm,
0: doesn't do much for me. But, um, let, let me just tell just you if you were if ahead. you were 17 or 18 in 1984 you'd have been born in the 60s.
1: No, what I'm saying is whenever I saw it when I was 17. I saw um, it when I was 17.
0: Because I was going to say there's no way
1: no, it came out in '18, but I saw it back when I was 17. You know, I told you I was working at Hardee's. I was not working at Hardee's in '84. Ding dong.
0: No, I thought maybe you'd confuse you confused yourself. Did you that part? I heard Did that, you part. Not hear that part. I thought maybe you had confused yourself.
1: I was 17 years old when I first started working at Hardee's.
0: I was 16 when I started working there, and you'd already been there for a decade.
1: Okay, let's don't talk about that. But anyways, um, it's 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 an okay movie. Um, it's basically these kids that has taken over this town, and and uh, I'm i gonna just go ahead and trust that a lot of people have seen this. I mean, come on now. And they they, they there's this demon that kind of takes over the kids and make them think it's actually the the, the muse is coming from the Lord for them to start killing these people and to like basically take over the whole town and kill all the adults. So, but it ends up being a demon. So, um, it's a whole story about this man and woman trying to, trying to make their way. I think it's going back home to where they're at, but they're inside this old yellow car. They end up getting broke down or tore down in this town where they're at. And there's the whole story about them getting in and getting out and, you know, they ended up taking the girl and putting her in the middle of a cornfield and it just as an adult, it's a little bit corny for me now. It's almost the Jason movies are better than this. I was gonna say it's kinda of Jason ish before me, but the yeah. the movie itself. I mean, I know that Stephen King's a legend. This Children of the Corn has been redone like a dozen times, but um, maybe it was just you know
0: I don't know it just didn't catch me well I think it's also after the initial watch it kind of loses some of its appeal because I saw it many years ago and hadn't watched it again and I enjoyed it the first time around I did not enjoy it much this time yeah for
1: some reason I mean I enjoyed it years ago like I said when I was like 17 or 18 when I saw it but um I guess because we're so polarized now against uh, for all this special effects that goes on and stuff, I don't know. It was I'm um, gonna probably watch the newer version of the Children of maybe possibly. Do you think that'd probably be better? I don't know, but since this one came out in 1984, and the reason why I picked this movie is because it came up as a suggested movie for me to watch.
0: I'm like, you know what, since we're kind of doing old movies this week, I thought, why not try this one? So, but, anyway. Well, the surprise is, because you know, I said it was 36% on Rotten Tomatoes. The audience score is 40%. So, maybe a lot of that was first time views and then didn't watch it. Maybe they really do like it that much. So, I was kind of surprised that it was that high on the audience score, but. Of course, the audience um, score is usually better than the critics' score anyways. The star power in this was pretty good. Linda
1: Hamilton. And this is right before Linda Hamilton. She did the Terminator movie. When did it come out? This song, this movie came out in 84. It had to come out around that same time, too.
0: Uh, I can pull it up real quick and find out, because I'm sure it'll be on the, the top of her, as she's known for... Terminator Uh, 2 was 91. Terminator was 84. 1991. 84. 84. So I'm
1: going to say that I was thinking that they both look, I mean, both, they look the same. So I was thinking that it's 1984. So it is 1984. So she came out with two major films that year. So kudos to her. And by the way, I have met Linda Hamilton twice at the Hickory Furniture Mart. The woman is very, very nice, very, very sweet. Extremely down to earth. She um, she's just you know came walking through, and I was like, "Oh my God, there's Naomi Hamilton." <laughs> so it was really cool meeting her. So very nice lady.
0: It looks like the the way it's listed on IMDb, it looks like Terminator released after. Children of the Corn, but I'm trying to get to the release dates. October 26, 1984, for the Terminator. And now I gotta go back to Children of the Corn and get there. I'm scrolling down trying to see. March 9, 1984. So. Children of the Corn was March 9th, and Terminator was October 26th.
1: So about six months apart.
0: Yeah. But her and Peter Horton, the only two real well-known stars in this. And Peter Horton would be best known for 30-something, which I did not watch, but...
1: Kid that played um Isaac that was annoying as heck his voice was
0: well there was a lot of annoying in this the Courtney Gaines as Malachi what what were they calling him? under otherworlder or whatever yeah where he kept yelling that over and over and over and over and over and over and over At uh, one time I glazed over, I think. <laughs> I mean, it just, it got really annoying.
1: I was hoping, I actually gave this movie high hopes because I was like, you know, this is going to be a good film. It's Stephen King. Anytime anything that Stephen King touches, it basically turns to gold as well. Well, anyway, I was wrong on this one. And to all you Stephen King fans out there, don't you hate on me either. I love Stephen King. He's got some very good...
0: You don't don't have to hate on him for Stephen King. You can hate on him for uh, so many things.
1: And that preceding comment, please scratch it from the record. Don't listen to anything that that man just said.
0: Oh, you know it's true. Outlander, that's what he was calling them. Outlander! 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 Just over and over and over. He got so old. And so the script is not strong on this film. And the child actors, not the best.
1: I need to finish up that purchase before it goes away
0: go ahead the as far as the film itself it's entertaining but like I said I enjoyed it a lot more the original watch than I have this time around I noticed a lot more just annoying factors in it and like one how did the corn get in everything so quickly out of nowhere yeah I, there was some lack of explanation and it's not a terrible film, it's just not the best film and I've never read the story that it's based on, so in the trivia it says on the dashboard of Bert and Vicky's car is a copy of Night Shift the Stephen King short story collection in which Children of the Corn originally appeared, and I believe I have that book, I just have never gotten around to reading this short story so, I just, I don't know. I, I don't really have anything more to say. Do you have anything? No. Okay, well, since you picked it, you go ahead and rate it.
1: Two. Well, that was just flat out. <laughs> I'm giving it two because I'm giving it props because it's Stephen King because I have a lot of respect for the man. And especially on Twitter. I mean, that man will... Mm, I love that man on Twitter. Do you follow him? Yeah. I'll say, if not, you need to.
0: Molly anyways, the Faint um, of Evil. Do I? Molly the Faint of Evil.
1: So, anyways. Two. I give it a two. It's a legendary movie. It's going to be around for many, many years. Yes, it's going to... It's... It's one of those that's going to be like a cult classic. It's going to be around for many, many years, and it has been this whole time. And it's still played on television. Um, it'll still be played on television for years to come for Halloween. It's just a cult classic at this point.
0: And for me, like I said, it was it was better than the original watch. The effects are definitely dated. The script is kind of weak. There's not a whole lot of explanation into it that I noticed. Like the first time around, I'm just fun. It's just fun to watch and and see that there's the kids have killed everybody. But second Uh, time around, there's just not a lot of explanation. And do
1: you recall the first time you saw it? About what age range you saw it? Maybe I was
0: probably in my twenties. Oh,
1: okay. I was just curious.
0: But. Yes, it's not one that holds up real well, so I'll give it two and a half stars out of five. Not, not the worst That's thing cut. I've seen, but definitely very lacking. And uh, since we didn't mention it, Halloween Kills is available on Peacock with a paid subscription and in theaters. The oh. Children of the Corn is available on Amazon through Prime Video.
1: By the way, Halloween Kills the Book has got a five-star rating. So um, this is going to be interesting. I went ahead and purchased it. So uh, uh, I purchased it, and I'm going to have the book mailed to me. I don't like the digital format crap, so I would like to have a book
0: in my hand. So um, when I get the book, I'll start reading that. Well, we expect it to be done tomorrow. Yeah, right over. And that brings us to the Disney Plus selection this week the classic the princess bride IMDB has an 8.1 out of 10 metacritic has it 77 and rotten tomatoes the tomato meter 98% with the audience score at 94% this film is a true classic in every stretch of the imagination I am not a big fan of Medieval Times where the main part of this story is set and it pulls me in every single time. The cast is fantastic. Carrie Elwes, Mandy Patinkin, Robin Wright, Chris Sarandon, Christopher Guest, Wallace Sean, Andre the Giant, Fred Savage, Peter Falk, Peter Cook, Mel Smith, Carol Kane, Billy Crystal, directed by Rob Reiner. I mean, it is just top-to-bottom talent, it is top-to-bottom great story, the execution of it all is so well done, I just, I have nothing bad to say about this film, and the premise is Fred Savage is sick at home, his grandfather, played by Peter Falk, comes to read him a story, and of course, Fred Savage being the kid that he is, doesn't want the kissing and love and all that, but he likes the action and as the grandfather reads it, it stops from time to time and they go back to them. If you've seen Once Upon a Deadpool then you know kind of what it was where they spoofed this movie to do the Deadpool when they did Once Upon a Deadpool. The, basically it is the farm boy Westley Gets abducted by the Dread Pirate Roberts, and the Dread Pirate Roberts comes and tries to save Princess Buttercup or come to claim her. When he starts in there, you don't know what he's doing. And Andre the Giant, Mandy Patinkin, and Wallace Shawn are the three who have kidnapped Princess Buttercup, and each one has to face off with the Dread Pirate Roberts because he keeps besting them. And Mandy Patinkin as Inigo Montoya delivers the classic line, Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Yes. And that is repeated continuously throughout the film, and it never That's gets old hearing like, it. I'm like, he probably says it about 50 times in the movie. And Andre the Giant... Already loved him. I wanted to see the film simply because he was in it when I was a kid. He was my reason for watching this. This movie is why I say Andre the Giant was the wrestler that non-wrestling fans loved. He is phenomenal in this film. You cannot help but love Andre's character in this movie, and of course Carrie Elwes been in so many good things, and one, if you want a good suspense film with Carrie Elwes, I highly suggest The Crush. If you've never seen it, it is easily Alicia Silverstone's best film, and it's just a great story. Carrie Elwes also was in the Saw film, and he appeared in the X-Files in the later seasons, so like I said, so much talent. The film itself is phenomenal. The writer was William Goldman. He did the screenplay based on his book. So, as far as faithfulness to the book, I'm guessing it's very faithful. I've never read the book. But, like I said, I have nothing bad to say about this film. What about you, Paul?
1: Oh. No, I was forced to watch it because it's never been on my radar to watch. Never. Which is a very sad state
0: watch. of affairs for you. Do I? very sad state of affairs for you that you never had this on your radar.
1: Well, it just was never on my radar because it's a. I don't like chick flicks,
0: and this is borderline This is chick not a flick chick little flick. Bit little bit this is a nice family film. It's not a chick flick. I let you talk, you hush. You were wrong, though. That's why.
1: Well, do you want me to give my part on this or not? Not if
0: you're going to knock my great film here. I'm not
1: knocking it. If you give give me a chance to explain.
0: Well, if you'd shut up and start talking. You
1: know uh, (laughs) what? You do the result.
0: Mm. Remember how much you love me, Paul.
1: I'm trying to figure out what Andre the Giant played in The Six Million Dollar Man.
0: Bigfoot. I can tell you that right off the hand. Oh, okay, because I clicked on his filmology or whatever it is. And
1: 1976. Oh, right there it says Big Fat Phel- on Six Million Dollar Man. Okay, I see
0: that now. He was in Greatest American Hero episode as well.
1: I was very, very curious to see the other movies he had played in. He's a ton of WrestleManias and crap. Yeah.
0: So Mickey we and know Mod that. was another film he was in with W. Moore. The movie? Yeah, he was. There's mm-hmm.
1: the Princess Bride and Six Million Dollar Man and Is that it?
0: No e, No Mickey and Maud was another film he was in
1: A lot of wrestling stuff
0: Good God. He was, was in a of lot of TV shows in the thing. 70s and early 80s too
1: Yeah, I mean it's time But anyway it, it ends up being uh, when I sort of recognized Fred Savage beginning you know, the beginning the other way Oh, that's a little Fred Savage. Because I, I love Fred Savage. Um, you, that, I forget what show that, that was. But, anyways.
0: That was never been anyway, Fred Savage. Being, Wonder Years. ended up being a cute movie. It's kind of,
1: um, kind of futuristic in a way, a little bit. And, you know, it's the ultimate, you know, gotta save the princess. So, um, it was cute. I enjoyed it. Will I watch it again? Yes. So, um, and I understand why it's got to such a big cult big cult following um, I can see that it, it's just a really cute, cute movie I love whenever they um, <laughs> I like it whenever what well, is it the one guy uh, what's his name uh, Wesley when he was um, was it him well, somebody was injured and he only had one arm to operate with and then every time they went to swing at him he just used that one hand and just barely moved his sword and blocked every movie move he made at him. He's like, psh, psh. And... and they were just back and forth, and you know, he was holding up the sword and and just you know blocking everything that man was throwing at him with one hand, like his effortlessly. <laughs> I thought that was cute. I really enjoyed it.
0: Well, and also the the poison scene with Wallace Shawn. Yeah, inconceivable. I don't think you're using that word right. I mean, it's just I love the movie so much. So
1: yeah, I'll I'll watch it again. Am I going to watch it again next week? No, but I will watch it again. Probably coming. There's going to be some long evenings in the evenings coming up for, for. um, you know, winter, so I'll probably re-watch it again around that time.
0: But, I just, I can't get enough of it. It's been a while since I've watched it, so it was fresh again, but I just, I highly suggest this film to anybody who's never seen it, so. I tell you what, um.
1: I went into it thinking it's a chick flick film, and it's not so much a chick flick film, but a little bit it kind of is, but not. But it's not. But it's a very cute movie. Um, I, like I said, I had this preconceived notion of what it's supposed to be, and it really was not anything in my
0: head what I thought it was going to be. But, but with that, I think I've praised it enough. I'm going to go ahead and give my rating. Like I said, the script is great. The, acting phenomenal the the sets and scenery and everything they used looked authentic i mean they didn't have a real need for extreme effects but what they used was really well done and of course andre the giant nothing more needs to be said than andre the giant because he's fantastic i gotta tell you
1: it really you know i haven't seen andre the giant acting anything except for that one episode of Six Million Dollar Man where I saw him acting as dickfoot but as in real but as in real acting um uh, that's
0: the first time we are seeing like act besides you know wrestling but so he's he was in the the Greatest American Hero episode he was in I think BJ and the Bear I mean, he's in a lot of shows from the 70s and early 80s so you can see him in, but this, without a doubt, is the best acting role he had. He got to do the most work with it. He got to deliver the most lines. I mean, this one, it's Andre being Andre, basically, because every, anytime you ever hear anybody talk about Andre, it's how lovable he was. And that's exactly like what this the, character was. I like the part in the movie where the guy's trying to break down the door and he's like boom against it boom against it and he's like I forgot Andre's name in the movie I can't look is at it? it right now because we had a little a little technical difficulty a second
1: ago but anyways I can't see what it is so but anyway he, and then all of a sudden he goes oh and he like puts that guy that he has in his hands over on the knight's arms like to hold him up for a second he goes I'll be right back in a minute and he goes running around the corner and goes just takes his one hand and
0: goes boom knocks down that door with his one hand that was cute but Andre you you can't help but love him and he absolutely makes this movie and there I just like I said I have nothing against this film it's just a great movie so, it does there's a,
1: there's a lot of star power in it, too.
0: But, yeah, that's, that's what did I was thinking. Did it saying say it how much? It, did it say, did it come to the box office, Chris? I didn't go down that far, but we can look real quick. Yeah. Uh, opened yeah, October 9th, 1987. Budget was $16 million. Opening weekend, and remember, this was 1987 in October when it was a very. Or no, this says opening weekend September twenty seventh, nineteen eighty seven, so they've they've got discrepancy on IMDB again. But yeah, sixteen million dollar budget, before. opening weekend US and Canada two hundred six thousand two hundred and forty three dollars. Gross US and Canada, thirty million eight hundred and fifty seven thousand eight hundred and fourteen dollars. So it nearly doubled its budget. So I wonder how much it was worldwide if it went worldwide. The worldwide gross it gives thirty million nine hundred two thousand four hundred forty two dollars, so oh, basically forty five okay. million or forty five thousand more worldwide. So I I don't think that's real accurate.
1: And it probably doesn't take into account the DVD sales as it's gotten older, from people buying DVD and digital downloads of it and no, all that. Probably doesn't take into account any of that either.
0: And the VHS sales back in the day, yeah. so. But my is so about Homer to die, so I'm going to have to close it out. But... But, yeah, the... I mean, it's just... It's a great film, so... The writing... The script is just great. It's very enjoyable. There, there's so much humor in it. And Andre delivers some of the best humor along the way. Like... The way he's holding the Dread Pirate Roberts and props him up to go knock down the door. I mean, it's so much good to this movie. Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Yeah. Yeah, As inconceivable. Miracle Max. Billy Crystal is Miracle Max I even loved. Yeah, there's the parts where I chuckled out loud. So, so it's like, it made me chuckle. So. so yeah, it's it's an adventure, it's a romance, it's a family film, it's a fantasy film, it's a story of a grandfather loving his grandson. I mean, there's so much in this movie. I cannot highly enough suggest it. So be that what it is, I'm gonna be as fair as I can critically on it. It's not the absolute end-all, be-all of films, but it is one of the most fun films you'll ever come across. You will... I can't imagine you not enjoying this film. There's a reason why it is so well-loved, and there's a reason why nobody wants a remake of this film, because you can't top what they've done. I just can't see how they could. So... Yeah. On, on the fair scale, I'm going to give it a 4 out of 5. On my personal scale, I'm going to give it 4 and 3 quarters out of 5, because I just love it. It, it works on so many levels.
1: Okay. Wow. Okay, that's almost perfect. Well, being it my first time watching it, uh, I thought it was really cute, and I enjoyed it. Will I watch it again, Yes, I've said that already times, several times. I'm not going to be as high as it was for you because I haven't really watched as much of you. But I'm going to give it... I'll, I'll, I'm going to give it between three and a half and three and three, and three quarters. Somewhere through
0: there. Hey, so it's better than a solid two. It's, it's definitely one of the most fun films we've watched. Oh, I know it's a Beloved film. It is a very fun film. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking say. about Beloved. I'm talking about, is, as far as the fun content of the film, this is probably the most fun film you and I have watched on here. It is cute. So I'll say that. So. Uh, I, like I said, I cannot suggest enough to watch it. If you haven't seen it, you're really doing yourself a, dis- a disservice. It's, there's just so much good to it. So, anyways. And that brings us to the end for this show. Of course, as I said, next week we will be doing Dune because I've been wanting to see it and I haven't gotten the chance to watch it. So I figure we'll make the chance to watch it and review it as well. It's gotten really good reviews from my friends, really good reviews from the critics, well received at the box office while it's on HBO Max, it already has a sequel ordered to it, so we'll see how we feel about it. I will preface it with, I tried watching the original and I got bored 30 minutes into it, never could finish, so I'm hoping that this one will be much better than that, and from what I've heard it is. And then of course in two weeks we'll be reviewing Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Reigns as it premieres on Disney+. And then Paul picks something way last minute again. No, I, I, uh, I'll try to
1: pick something by this weekend.
0: And, and for those out there in podcast land let me just tell you what I mean by Paul picking something way last minute. I had this film picked out a month and a half ago, I believe, because we said after we did the Halloween movies we were going to do it. I texted Paul Monday to find out what his pick was because we recorded Tuesday. And? And Paul had not told me yet. If I hadn't texted him, we wouldn't have had a pick from Paul this week.
1: No, we had another movie to review. We had Halloween Kills.
0: Yeah, well... That was just luck, because we'd both seen it. You didn't pick it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, um...
1: Is
0: this it? That's it. So, any final words? Final words. They have, uh... Looks like they're approving the coronavirus vaccine for children now from ages 5 to 11.
1: So, get those little brats vaccinated. I don't want to see none of of them die in the hospital with the, with coronavirus. And again, so,
0: the views of Paul do not necessarily reflect those of the ChrisCast. cast.
1: The little brat. Exactly. So, anyways, get your kids vaccinated. Get everybody vaccinated. Um, come to find out, one of my really close friends, who's a Trumper who's swerping down, they'd never get the vaccine. Guess what they got last week? The vaccine? The vaccine they got it and I'm like I was so happy and proud for them that they did it because they said they weren't going to do it but they
0: did it I just I can't be happy and proud for anybody that's waited this long to get it
1: so I'm just happy they finally did
0: it just it shouldn't take mandates but they but
1: they had already had it they had it like six months ago and they are afraid that they're their, uh, what is it, their antibodies was going to be wearing down. That's the whole reason why
0: they got it. And and see, that's the thing. I've got to contact my doctor and find out about the booster shot, because this is my month to get the booster if I'm supposed to get it. And I want to find out from my doctor, because... I want to say, you don't have to contact your doctor, you can just go get it. Well, I want to find out from my doctor before I get it, because I've seen mixed reviews on getting the booster... And I want to see what my doctor personally says as far as my history and everything else. If I should get it, if I should not. It's not that I'm against getting the booster. I think anybody who needs to get the booster should. But it's like we've discussed before. I'm going to talk to my doctor and find out what my doctor says. And see what a, the actual medical advice is. Most well, likely you they will say that. to get it, but...
1: Me and you both are. I mean, your coping are compromised. You should get it.
0: Mine's not so much internal immunity though. Well, mine is. Cause mine's more skin.
1: But um, did you see? where also, the CDC recommends if you got the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, you either need to get the Pfizer or the Moderna booster shot.
0: Yeah. Because it'll make it more effective. But, so. and from what they were saying at Walgreens the other day when I was there to get the flu shot, was that the Moderna booster is like the half dose of what it's the regular dose, shots yeah. were. So, you know, I had quite a bit of issue 24 hours after getting the shot. But, but like I said, I will talk to my doctor, find out what they say and determine from there whether or not I want to get the booster.
1: Yeah, i tell you what, I remember getting that second shot from Moderna. Oh!
0: I remember getting both shots get, from Moderna.
1: I got, on that Friday, I got it at 3 o'clock, and that evening, by that evening, I started getting chills and fevers, and the next morning I woke up, and I felt like I'd been run over by a car.
0: And I had to go to work. See, that's why I I played mine in between where I was off the next day. I had had to
1: suck it up and go to work. So, when I got to work, I ended up eating me like I think a half a muffin. Ended up taking two ibuprofen and two Tylenol, and that made me feel like a human again. That's the only way I got through the day. And then that night when I got home, I came home straight, went straight to bed, and I was in bed
0: at 8 o'clock. I was I've in, never been that early, that bad, that bad, that early. I was in bed pretty much the whole day that day, the day after I got my shots, both of them, because I felt bad uh, on both of them. All right. So, So, like I said, find out from your doctor, get the best advice you can, because your doctor knows and is going to treat you right. So, until next week, say goodbye, Paul. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody.